What happens if people know his name? I don't know. He won't. He's just like, this is just what it is at this point. And I'm like, well, when we exchange our wedding vows one day, I'm not going to say I take the British bake off. I'm going to say your motherfucking name and you better be okay with that. Unless you have Mary Berry there, then you should. (laughs) Or even Paul Hollywood and he'll just finger your croissant (laughs) while he's making sure his bread is flaking. And I'll give you a handshake. And go on to the next round. The slices Paul Hollywood cuts are fucking egregious. They are so massive. And I'm like, just take a tiny bite. Fucking idiot. He loves to finger fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's bread. Like, you could see his dick jump a little bit when he's like, it's bread week. And he's like, that's right. <laughs> it is wild. I'm here for it. People think it's boring. I think it's sensual. <laughs> I really thought Mary Berry was going to like lose her whole goddamn top tier of um, what are those things called? Dentures. Dentures. Yeah. Every time someone made a peanut bread on set, this is the time. <laughs> this is the time. Why are you going to give this poor lady caramel? Don't do that. Don't do it. She was gay. I was like, bitch. <laughs> She'll put anything in her mouth. I'm like, I need to be more like that. That's how you stay young forever. <laughs> Well, are we talking about dicks? Are we talking about caramel? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Black Frasier. And that's the reason why we didn't have you do the theme song. <laughs> Ouch! Joined as always in this studio is my co-producer, my editor, my... Best friend. Aww. See, you thought I was going to say something dirty and I came in and I said I something nice. Yeah. Yes. His name is British Bake Off. How you doing, babes? Doing pretty good, thanks. <laughs> Having a lovely day. <laughs> Need another cuppa, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should start off this episode with the most pressing of information. What's that? Yesterday was my birthday! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, dear Phoebe! Happy birthday to you! Oh, that nice? That was so good. Thank you! (laughs) How do you feel? You know... I'm 36 mm-hmm. and I'm in the mix, baby. Ooh. 
I feel the same way that I felt at 35. Honestly, it, 2020 is such a weird AF year mm. that, you know, not that I was like, oh, I don't want to celebrate my birthday, but it's just more I'm thinking I'm just happy to be alive. You know, mm. I'm happy that no one close to me has COVID, that people are healthy, that, you know, a lot of my friends are still able to work and like support yeah. their families. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm in a very, I feel grateful space. Mm. So, you know, that's where I'm at, honey. That's good. That's yeah. a good place to be. And second bit of business. Oh, wait, we should go back. My birthday was kind of the best. It was. <laughs> it was. I'm just kidding. He's kidding. We went upstate. We just rented a little Airbnb. We disappeared for a week. We were just chilling out. We were freaking eating Kashi cereal. We were. <laughs> you can drop the accent now. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to keep it for the rest of the episode. Thank you. <laughs> Mind the gap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we had a cereal. We like were around grass. So basically, we just lounged in a different environment well yes because we're still being safe yes but it was like nice to go somewhere where there was grass and we had space and like yeah we, we weren't on top of each other the kitchen was like and i love our home i love mm. our apartment but our kitchen is the both of us cannot be in there i mean once. it's a new york apartment kitchen yes so it was yeah. nice that like i could be in there Bake Off could be in there. Flipping pancakes together. And we weren't bumping bits. <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, it was a nice relaxing time. Second bit of business. Look at this merch I'm wearing. What's that? Did you say merch? Girl, yes, I did. Hey, girl, can you tell me more about that merch? Yes, girl. <laughs> Do you want to just take it from here? I, you've got this. I mean, I don't even know why you asked me to be your co-host here. Like, You don't think that's a start to a good ad? I think that's a perfect start to a 90s sitcom. <laughs> anyway, as per usual, we are supporting this podcast with our hearts, our farts, and the sales of these merch. So we have a t-shirt and we have a sweatshirt. PhoebeRobinson.com. Click on the merch tab. Sizing small to 3XL. It could make for a great Christmas present, Hanukkah present, Bitch, Kwanzaa present. If you got me one of them for Christmas. <laughs> What, you don't want a t-shirt from an indie podcast? Not the one that I'm doing. <laughs> you know what, babe? It's the thought that counts. It's true. It's true. No, that would be a trash present. From you, yeah. Yeah. Just here's a t-shirt with my own face on it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go to PhoebeRobson.com, click on the merch tab, get you a t-shirt, and help fund this bad boy. We got to pay for these lights. Where do we get these lights from, babes? Light, lighting.com? 
You need lights.com? Yeah. <laughs> you need lights.com is actually pretty bomb. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Obviously, it's New York based. Yeah. Hey, you need lights? Come on in. <laughs> so, anyway, we have to pay for these two lights, and we don't have any lights on you. There's actually three lights. And, oh. <laughs> uh, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry we don't light you on this. I'm white enough that <laughs> I'm I'm lighting you by just being <laughs> So actually we have four lights. <laughs> um okay, so those are the two bits of business. And ooh, can you hear that truck outside you guys? Probably not. Even if they could, they couldn't answer you. <laughs> I really did pause to wait for an answer. You do? That's what I was just like. I was like. Might be a while. <laughs> but I am feeling in good spirits, you guys. I do think we have to come clean about something, Bake Off. What have we done? We got a Peloton. Ah, uh, yeah. It's bloody good. We are officially those people. We are. We are, but I'm happy about it. Me too. And honestly, because we are quarantining so hard, mm -hmm. I feel like we go outside maybe twice a week max. Yeah. And one of those times is to the grocery store. So the Peloton is really the only way that we can sort of move and like get those endorphins going, mm -hmm. you know? So I got to say, I love my Pelly. Um, my mom calls it telethon she does yeah she's oh, like peloton tele te telethon i was like yes it is a yes telethon. we work out on a telethon <laughs> we have people call in <laughs> with suggestions on moves we should do <laughs> but i have to say i feel like okay so we've been using the peloton for a little over a month mm -hmm. i really do think in a year's time, I can compete on the Titan Games. You should have seen this hoe bag. Within <laughs> two two days of getting the Peloton, she comes out of the bedroom. Where, that's where we have it, unfortunately, because it's space. But comes out and goes, I'm ready for the Titan Games. Listen, you guys, listen to me right now, okay? Next month, which is October, I'm starting my four-week Tabata plan. Mm -hmm. Then in November, I'm going to start my strength program, which is also four weeks. So I'm doing all these programs. Right. And then, you know, then I every once in a while throw in an hour long ride for my endurance. I think you could do the Titan Games. Yes. If the Titan Games was riding a bike for 45 minutes. <laughs> That's stationary because I yeah. don't know how to ride a real bike. <laughs> what? Yeah, I can't ride a real bike. It's the bike. same thing. No, but there's gravity. There's gravity, gravity. on that bike. Well, it's not really, but like. That was John Mayer. All you got to do is pedal the same. No, but it's different. Put me on a real bike and see what happens. I'd love to. <laughs> 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 but I do think. You don't think these Peloton is getting me Titan Games ready? No. I think it's getting your cardio ready. But I do arms. 
with three pound weights. <laughs> but that's where this, no, because starting next month, I'm doing this, because I'm doing Tabata, which is like 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Mm. And I'll also do like some full body strength with weights. So I'll probably be going up to 10 pounds, babe. Okay, so eat in Titan Games when they're at that bridge bit that falls over, they're lifting those chains off. Yes. They're like 30 pounds each. Okay. And then can you hold, can you do chin-ups? No. Oh, can you do a push-up? I could do a modified push-up. <laughs> I mean, it's a start. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Starting out on your journey to be on the Titan Games. Yes, I have the personality. Mm-hmm. I have the athleisure. Like the wear, athleisure. Oh, right, 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 right. right. All I need is just, you know. A like, shot? Yeah. So, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, if you are looking for contestants, holler at your girl. Wink. I can't really wink. That's no, the one that's thing that the, that's the Rihanna wink, isn't it? Yes, that's the one thing Rihanna and I have in common is that we both can't wink. Everything else is drastically different. <laughs> <laughs> Bank accounts, level of attractiveness. Oh no! You think I'm as hot as Rihanna? Yes. Okay. Well, have you seen photos of her ever? Yeah. Okay. And you still think I'm on that level? Yeah. That's very nice of you. Should we say who our guest is today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. Have I been chatting too long? Too what? Too gnome? Too long. Long. <laughs> we know how to say words, us Brits. It's too long. Too long. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I best put on a kettle. Pop on the kettle. Oh, pop on the kettle. I got hair in my mouth. Anyway, let's move on to today's guest. You guys, this is a really fun episode. This is like one of my favorite people on the planet. We've been friends for, oh gosh, almost a decade at this point. Wow. Um, I love her so much. She's so talented, so funny, great mom, great wife, great friend. And I love her to bits and I miss her so much. Now they're all quarantining away. Um, but we got to catch up, which is super fun. And of course, I'm talking about my good friend, Michelle Buteau. She is, you know, fantastic. And she actually has a Netflix special mm. that dropped today. Go listen. Go watch. Yeah. After you listen to this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Stay, stay here. Yes. Listen to our rubbish. It's not rubbish. Oh. Our, I don't know what to say. Hey, mate, sod off. Sod off? Yeah. On your bike? <laughs> but yes, after this uh, episode of the podcast finishes, walk on over to Netflix, watch her special, Welcome to Batopia. She also has a book coming out December 8th, I believe, 
called Survival of the Thickest. It's available for pre-order now. I read it. It's fantastic. She is doing all of the things. She's getting ready to go um, tape season two of First Wives Club. Like, she just does not stop working. No, she does not. Um, And I just thought it would be, like, such a fun episode uh, to talk about friendship with um, because we got a lot. When I first announced this podcast, Bake Off and I got a lot of just, like, hey, friendship questions. So I was like, all right. This should definitely be an episode that we do. And it was so fun. It was so delightful. I think you guys are going to have a good time. I think you're going to laugh your butts off. I think you're going to feel renewed. And maybe you want to, like, you know, rekindle and massage those friendships that kind of, you know, quarantine is making everyone sort of, like, hunker down. So if it gives you the freedom to maybe feel like, yeah, let me get back in touch with that person. I miss them. Then our job is done. So... Without further ado, here's my conversation with Michelle Boutte. Hi, Michelle! Hey, girl. <laughs> I did so candles, but you can't see them because my shoulders Ooh. are broad. I can see them. They look so cute. I Thank love you. it. You look amazing. I miss you like Cray. Likewise. Yeah, I feel like we haven't seen each other since your um, your Netflix special taping. And that was in March. March 1st, I actually picked that date, wow. March 1st, because it was Mavis Louise's birthday, my grandma's birthday, and I felt, I felt like, I, well, Netflix wanted me to do later in March, and I was like, no, this is, I love this venue, it's not the venue I thought I would have, yeah. you know, Sony Hall um, is a music venue, but I was like, this fits my New York City sassy big titty needs, and then March 1st was my grandma's birthday, and we always had a great celebration for her. And I was like, this would mean so much. And I feel like Mavis Louise was definitely looking out for a bitch because she got that <laughs> a check. But the fact that COVID was alive and well, and we really didn't like know what to make of it because at that point, the CDC was even just like, if you're sick, wear a mask. But, you know, use your own judgment. <laughs> Which I've never, I, I yeah. never realized how... Um, different everybody thinks like everyone has a different idea of what sick is people show up to work sick you know what I mean yeah they're like oh it's just for a day it's like go the fuck home um but anyways with that said it really the special looks amazing welcome to Butopia on Netflix September 29th that's the day after my birthday can i can i can i get an advanced copy to watch on my birthday you are hilarious they don't work like that (laughs) can you hear typing by the way no okay good we can't hear husband damn i've never seen you type so much he's typing like he works at delta during like a storm right now he's like let me figure out if i can but i can't get an advanced link and just watch it you are so sweet. No. Oh. No, it's but I don't even have one. Oh, uh, okay. No that's one that fair. like <laughs> no, not because you, but no, like it don't exist. Like I remember when Game of Thrones was was airing and HBO gave um Barack Obama advanced copies of the episodes before they came out, but then I just realized I'm not Barack Obama. So I should I, know, I was just... like, who's gonna tell her she's not Barack? A real awkward fucking moment. The <laughs> audacity of no. I just love your stand-up so much. And I I mean, we're just going to stay inside. So that would be like the highlight of my birthday would just be to watch your stand-up special. Well, That's why I was going. I don't know what day the 28th or 29th is. But yeah. um, 
you know, just make it like a birthday celebration, hopefully. Also, it really was like the last night out in New York City for a mm-hmm. lot of people, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I, um, I should have lived people- more. I went home. Bake Off and I went home. I know. I that's I have so many regrets like that of not staying out um, for certain situations. I'm like, I, 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 sh- I could have had a drink. I could have just stayed and had a drink. But mm-hmm. look, you know, we had no idea that um, the world was going to end. And um, out of that, a race revolution was going to happen. And out of that, <laughs> um, Trump was still going to drop all the balls. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when he's playing golf. Let's talk about today's episode, which is friendship. Um, And when I announced the podcast and I was just like, hey, guys, I'm going to let you know every week the guests and then like what the theme would be. People would just send me questions about friendship regardless. They're like, okay, that's cute, but I just need to work this out with my friend. And then when I announced that you were going to be on the show, I got so many questions. People were very excited. So our audience participation is at an all-time high. Um, But yeah, I want to talk about friendship for a multitude of reasons. I think, you know, because we're both grown-ass adults, um, and so friendships truly change once you have tons of real life stuff going on. And also because of the core core, I think a lot of people are sort of reevaluating their friendships. And, and I think everyone's sort of trying to figure out who are the people that I want to keep in my life once this shit is over. Um, yeah, because so every time you see someone, you're really risking your life, essentially. So yeah. who are you going to do that for? <laughs> Uber Eats? (laughs) I mean, if you need to get some sweet chick, chicken and waffles, you'll risk it. Um, Which I've done. Are they still open? Okay. They're still open. I I, I, I went there. And they don't let you go inside. So it was like outside. I just ate chicken and waffles. That's the only time I'll ever get food there because the line is so damn long. I know. <laughs> I remember we went there one time and there was one chair by the bar and we just like either shared the chair or like you yes. had it. Yes. And then we just waited way too long for a second chair. And then there was like a bachelorette party that yes. looked like something out of girls trip in New Orleans. I'm just like, people are still getting all these like monogram t-shirts like in their 40s. I was like, or 30s. I don't know how people age anymore. I don't really give a shit. I'm just like, what are you going to do with that t-shirt? Look at it and have a fond memory. All right. I know. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But I do think uh, talking about friendship today, I wanted to talk with you. So we met, was it a decade ago? Was that the Purple Onion? Susan Alexander show in San Francisco, maybe? I have no idea. But that was 2008. That oh my time. I remember that time because I was just dating guys. He was still mm-hmm. in, maybe it was 2009. He was still in Holland. Um, the time difference from New York to Amsterdam was already crazy. But then in California, it was like, I'm going to bed. I'm waking up, vice versa. Mm-hmm. I remember I got so drunk that night because Susan Alexander is a good time. <laughs> and uh, I went to his Facebook page and liked all his pictures. Yeah. <laughs> And then I woke up in the morning to go to the airport and I had a cinnamon bun, like a donut in my purse. And I'm like, what happened last night? Yeah. I I need a snack. And then he was like, hey, you got drunk last night. I was like, I got a little tipsy. And he's like, you liked all my pictures on Facebook. I was like, I I did? 
<laughs> and then um, when I got on the plane, I unliked all the pictures. And when I landed, he's like, did you unlike? <laughs> I'm like, what do you want from me? <laughs> so I feel like it was 2008 or 2009. Was that the first time? I think so. Because I remember we had brunch. Oh, we had my like God. A, yes, we had that cute boozy brunch. When we were hanging out and getting to know each other and talking about all the other black people we knew in comedy. And it was really cute. I'm so glad you remember that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's good. That is good. I do have a good memory for certain things. And then other Ooh, things yeah. like I don't know any I don't know any math or science, but why would we? <laughs> Like, I mean, it could help us out right now, let's be honest. If we all knew a little more science. I, look, we have common sense and we have good hearts. You know what I mean? We don't have to be Taraji yeah. B. P. Henson in <laughs> Hidden Figures. Which, truly, when I saw Hidden Figures, I thought it was going to be about like a plus-size clothing line. And then I was so... <laughs> so... <laughs> I was just so excited for what it really was. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> sorry that I'm sorry that Hidden Fing- Figures wasn't the movie you thought it was going to be. But No, it was so much better. Oh, OK, good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm thinking about like, you know, I'm reading your book right now. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but that like version is-, is not the version that I want to represent me. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But that's the point of an advanced readers. Co- like, you know, things are going to change. That's so dumb. I don't like that point. You know what I mean? We should just like give people what it is, you know. Well, because you you you'll most likely make a few changes before it comes out. Uh, don't like it. Well, you better like it. Anyway, it's just so vulnerable. But yes, go on. No, I was going to say you write about all these different friendships that you have have had in your life, and I feel like we are like I feel like you were a person that had tons of friends and I was kind of the opposite like I had a handful (laughs) most of my friends were like tv tv shows and movies and I really sort of kept to myself and was like in my head a lot and so I'm, I'm wondering like you talk about maybe how you came to have so many friends was it sort of like a need for you because you were an only child like what did friendship mean to you when you were growing up um, well, yes. As the only child, um, I did not like being the only child. I like mm. big groups of people. I like, um, I like to feel taken care of. I like to take care of people. You know, even when I had a cabbage patch doll, I told my mom I need one in every, um, color. Like I was just out here being Josephine Baker without even knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> like I just wanted to take care of stuff. And so, yeah, I don't know that if, that's because I was the only child I felt lonely or if that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. Plus I went to a lot of different schools. So I always had to have like some sort of handshake or smile and say, hello, my name is, which, you know, a lot of people um, haven't grown up that way and don't need to do that. And so it definitely has served me in life in terms of like going to very odd places and doing stand up and not even knowing if these people are my people or my audience, but just like really knowing at the end of the day, we're all people just trying to be loved and get through the goddamn day and drink enough water. So I think, you know, um, when you have a lot of friends, cause Heiss is sort of more like you where he has been friends with eight people for like 15 plus years. Mm-hmm. And so that means if they can't come, then he he don't have a friend there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like 
I realized in life, and, and maybe this is also from a big family that's mixed. And also, um, when I say mixed, like half brother, step cousin, um, not blood related, but grandma mm-hmm. took them in. So we grew up like blah, blah, blah. So I think when you're from also a Caribbean family like that, you always have someone to do something with. And you realize that you have friends to do different things in your life. There's a party friend. There's a friend you can actually talk to about like relationships. There's a friend that you can call any time of day. That's going <laughs> to, it's okay. You know, the alarm is popping yeah. any time of day, you know, to help you out of like, I don't know, jail or whatever the fuck you're doing. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a culmination of all of it. And then, so like now that you're older, I feel like you're, you're quicker to be like, I, I can't deal with this kind of like, cuckoo energy I'm gonna cut this relationship energy I know but why is that why do you think you're drawn to that I'm very fascinated by that because you to me you seem so like yes we're you're like fun and like silly and like you can do all this stuff but you seem like so practical and pragmatic in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and so I'm curious what draws you sort of to that kind of like um, untamed energy from some people. I think, I, think I just understand it. I think mm. I just, you know, and again, this is why stand up really just feeds my soul. It's like, I understand, and this might sound crazy, but I feel like I understand what people need. Um, I can look at someone's face or their posture or, you know, um, sort of, you know, what they're saying and figure out what they really want to say. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of these people are misunderstood, whether they have social anxiety, um, whether, you know, they need a lot of attention. Um, I just, kind of, maybe it's coming from a crazy family or maybe I'm just a gifted. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're all different. I think it's um, mm-hmm. boring to have friends that um, think like you and look like mm-hmm. you um, because that's not what life is. Yeah. And then so, but do you ever feel like, because you have so much love and so much energy energy to give, you're such a big light and presence in the world. Do you ever feel like that you're, you're given as much as you give? You know what I mean? Because I feel like it could be hard, especially when you're a performer and you're an entertainer. People just expect you to sort of like fill them up. And then people are like, all right, thanks for that. Peace out. And then you're kind of like, well, what? What about Yeah, I mean, I think in my 20s, I used to be disappointed a lot because I'm Mm. like, look at all the stuff I've done. Where's my thank you? Where's my party? Where's my birthday thing? And then, you know, my dad told me early on, like, never work for a thank you you know, Mm. just show up and be like, you're welcome. And so I've sort of like always held on to that. And I'm like, I'm just going to do this from the kindness of my heart and just keep it moving. Um, you know, if people ask me for help, um, don't be a Shiro, tell them what I need. Please take your shoes off. Please help me wash a dish. I just made this dinner for us because I really wanted to out of the kindness of my heart, you know? So like, um, it's sort of like lending a friend money, you know, or a relative money. It's like, you don't have to pay me back if you want, but I'm not going to expect it. And so the minute I started doing that, it really shifted for me. And I was like less disappointed because it really Mm. felt like a vicious cycle of just like, nobody appreciates me. And it's just like, oh, everyone appreciates you in a different way, in their own way. Like I was um, 
talking to husband the other day and he's like, are we going to go swimming? Are you actually going to get in the water and go swimming in the beach? I'm just like, no, I'm just going to sit on the beach and let the waves, you know, come up to my, you know, ashy, dusty, crusty fucking feet and just look at everything. And he's yeah. like, well, I want you to enjoy it. And I was like, but that's how I enjoy it. You yeah. enjoy it by being active. And, and I'm realizing that everybody has their own special lane. So let me just sit down in it. Yeah. And I feel like I, I used to feel that way in my 20s too, where I feel disappointed, where I felt like I really am showing up for people and it's not reciprocated. And it's to me, what I learned was like, you don't have to show up for everyone. Some people aren't going to appreciate it. Some people are going to take advantage of the fact that they know that you show up for everyone. And so then you yeah. just have to pick and choose who you're going to be present for and who you'll be like, okay, we can like hang out at a Super Bowl watch party, but you know, we're yeah. not going to do like other stuff together. Yeah. Um, I feel like one of my favorite memories of our friendship um, and there, what? What's so, so funny? many? I don't know where we're gonna go. <laughs> I think one of my favorite is probably the night that we went to YouTube when I met Bake Off that night because yes. that was a clusterfuck, and I really was just like, first of all, you were a saint because. You know, when you're in your, like, teens and your 20s and you're obsessed with something, like, all your friends will, like, sort of rally around you. Be like, yeah, I'm going to indulge you in this. But then you get into your 30s and everyone's sort of like, all right, I can't fuck with this bullshit anymore. And, like, you were yeah. so kind to be like, okay, I know you're obsessed with you too. I will go with you because you won't fucking shut up about it. <laughs> well, it's also like you don't like a lot of things. And so when you do like something... <laughs> It is like almost your nationality. So I'm like, okay. Plus, if I knew the drive to Jersey was going to be like six hours, I, I probably know. wouldn't have. But um, I'm just glad we didn't get a car and go over there. But it was crazy. It felt like yeah. something out of like almost famous. I'm like, <laughs> we're never going to get there. But then also, not only did we. We picked up those white people off the side of the highway. Look, if I had a dollar. <laughs> she is who she is. If I had a dollar. Um, we sure did. I mean, the only reason why we did that, and it does sound crazy, especially with all these murder podcasts. Is I just felt it in my heart. I was like, this man is wearing khaki shorts. He's running across a highway. He must be going to a YouTube we are, Of course. we. I mean, like, look, when we were entering the Lincoln Tunnel, I saw an Asian dude get out and piss on a dumpster. I'm not going to be like, sir, do you need a wipe? Because he are. <laughs> but as we're entering the um, Lincoln Tunnel, we see two white people. One, a lady. Not that yeah. that makes me feel more safe because, you know, bitches out here definitely covering for men. Camille, Camille Cosby, I see you. Uh-oh, just Jared's going to report this podcast. Just Jared. Look, my version of Liam Neeson's Taken is overtaken <laughs> with emotion. It's just me and Femke Janssen being like, this bitch did what? <laughs> Femke Janssen, born and raised in Holland, no accent. How do they do it? Don't know. Anyways, um... <laughs> But these two white people we saw on the highway and you just, yeah. yeah. I was like, of course, of, of course they're coming in the car. Of course they're, they've missed the party bus. 
to <laughs> you two. <laughs> like, of course. Like, you. And then I was like, what were our first concerts? And they were like, Jimmy Buffett. I'm like, we're not dying. <laughs> um, we're fine. And I remember Despacito was out and I was like really feeling it, even though the only word I know was ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba-dito. Um, God, Justin Bieber really is so talented. He could really make anything so much better. I forget. I think we all do. Anyway. <laughs> we all forget. <laughs> Overtaken. Nope. But no, that was a really fun night because I feel like we picked up those people. The concert was fun. Met Bake Off. We were trying to get out of Met Life when we had those assholes who cut us off. And this is a thing where I was like, oh, Michelle does not fuck around because you got out of your car yeah. and like cussed them out and then got back in the car. And I was like, oh, are we going to get shot at a YouTube concert? Like, yeah, I just. Funny. It's funny. I don't know if it's like a colorism thing. People think if you have light skin, you're supposed to be prim and proper. It's just like, no, the house sneakers are prim and proper. This is not that. <laughs> and so don't piss a bitch off because I'm going to get out of my car and let you know, especially since I've been in my car for 17 hours and I probably have a blood clot somewhere in my toe. I am dying to come out and cuss you out. You know why? Because I got a lot of rage in my body and know where to put it. Okay, so give me your mom's credit card. I'm going to go spend her money. These little teenage fucks were so entitled. They're like, Shut up, y'all, bitch. And I was like, I'm going to hit you with my titty. <laughs> I know. I always feel bad because I have, whenever I hang out with friends like you who definitely do not get into physical altercations, and maybe it's a Jersey yeah. thing, they're always just like, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? I was just like, like what are we supposed to do? This? <laughs> I forgot about that. There was so much happening. Also, when we finally parked the car, you ran away like somebody was chasing you. You You're like, I gotta see the beginning of the concert. I have video still somewhere in my phone of you just running, running. I'm like, you were just here last night. You were just here last night. You have seen the show in multiple states, the same goddamn show. You ran like you were like the first day of CrossFit <laughs> around the block. You ever see those assholes running with like fucking saggy shorts? I'm like, you look ridiculous. <laughs> I know. I got very intense. And my love for you too it was, was very you real. You look like a kid running home from school and there was a dog chasing them. I'm like, I can't <laughs> do this. It's like, <laughs> you were running for everybody. You weren't just running for yourself. I feel like you showed up to the entrance and you're like, I am Tiger Woods. And I was like, where is she going? <laughs> It was very intense. It was very intense. I'm like, I'm going to use the bathroom. You're like, there's no time. I'm like, <laughs> are we going in a spaceship to the concert? Like, I don't understand. Um, welcome to Utopia on Netflix, September 29th. <laughs> <laughs> and so in that moment, were you just sort of like, oh, this isn't, you're making me cry, my makeup buff. But were you sort of like, Oh, this is a side of my friend I had never seen. And what did you think? Were you just like, bitch is intense? Or I don't know. <laughs> I don't really remember. It wasn't that part. It wasn't even the running. I mean, when I thought about it afterwards, I was like, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was crazier than actually picking up strangers. Because I'm just like, we're grown women. We are the only two black women just running. That's not a good sign at a YouTube concert. 
People might think we stole someone's purse. Like, we really gotta think about optics. And like my big titty ass running behind you trying to take video, breathing all heavy. I'm like, this is horrible. But what really, um, what when I really realized the crazy you had for you two was the way you looked at the screen. It was. <laughs> You know, in the Hunger Games, when people look at the screen to see who, who died and if they okay, like that was the look in your eye. It was, it was, in, it was, you, I don't know the word for it, but I was really taking a black. <laughs> I have but so I- many alarms on every door. <laughs> no, you got to protect yourself, especially during these times. But I think, you know, a, a lot of the questions that we were having around friendship is sort of like as time goes on and people's lives change, sort of how you maintain friendships and stuff. And I think one of the things I really like about our friendship is that we always like supported each. <laughs> heist! I was not heist. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, heist! Um, but the way that we always sort of supported each other and the changes that we wanted to make in our lives, which I think is hard for a lot of people to do because you think about your friendship as this thing that's always going to stay the same. And when it changes, it reminds you that life changes and then like absolutely death is coming and all these things. And so what I really admire about our friendship is that we've always been there for each other no matter what. And so I'm curious on your end, like <clears throat> how you process sort of like friendships changing but not letting that be a negative for you right I mean I feel like um I was so single for so long and um I do call my friends my chosen family and so Mm -hmm. I feel like I um gave so much for so long and I was like, oh, I need to do something for me. And then the minute I thought that I met Kais, which is weird, and also my manager, who are both Virgos. <laughs> and I was like, wow. And then I realized, um, oh, I have to, I really, relationships take work, especially mm-hmm. after a certain age, you know, um, there's an expectation of not just that person, but yourself. And then also together. Um, you're a unit and you are, um, you know, you have relationships with other people's family and you have to sort of nourish that. And that sort of like is a chapter in your book of life. And then, you know, um, not, and like you were saying, like every time something happens, you're like, okay, these are the friends that I've met through this process. And these are the friends that I've had through this process of blah, blah, blah. And then, like, even through comedy, it's just like, oh, these are the friends I meet when I've got my comedy period and I'm starting to do, like, half, like, open up for people and, like, then I'm a headline. And then there's a process with that, too. And there's a process also with, like, you know, um, ethnic women and black women in the game as well. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like um, when I started IVF, that's really when I was like, oh, I really have to take care of myself because mm-hmm. I'm just out here like giving myself shots every day and then like fainting and like giving blood like three times a week. And it's like I felt like um, I had less and less of um, like that social spark that I had before where I'm like, 
okay, I definitely want to have dinner with a friend, but I, it can't be six friends because I don't have energy to check in with six people at the same time. And so, um, I spent so long trying to have the kids that by the time they were born and now I'm raising them, um, I'm just like tired on a whole other level. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I've been waiting for you. But now I'm just like exhausted. It's like, what if you were looking for a person to marry for five years and that involved physical trauma and then you finally get married and you're just like, Oh God damn, everyone's doing the electric slide at the wedding, but I'm going to sit down and watch everyone. Like that's kind of what it feels like. Also, mm-hmm. fuck, what was your question? Well, just, <laughs> no, this is good. Don't stop. No, that was really good because I think that like when you go through something like that, there's, you know, like, so many people don't know the day in and day out of it. They just go, oh, oh, IVF. Okay, cool. Like you do the, you take a couple of shots and then it's like, that's it. And like, they don't yeah. understand sort of like the financial, emotional, mental, like sort of energy that takes. And so I'm wondering, were there any sort of friends who just sort of were like not able to handle it and like, just weren't able to sort of like give you that grace and that time to just sort of like for sure really take this on? Yeah, I mean, for sure. But also, like, I didn't even know that I had to give myself that time and grace. I just, Mm. you know, I was just like, this is something I got to do real quick. And then it just turned into, like, um, I'm definitely going to go out to L.A. to do this pilot, but I got to get this D&C first. Um, Well, let me just, like, figure out this natural miscarriage, and then, like, I'll show up. Like, can we just push it two weeks later? And it's Mm. like, when you're going through it, you're just telling your friends, like, oh, my God, that's crazy. But can you come to the scene? It's like, yeah, I'm going to try because you also want to, maintain a sense of normalcy and then you know a lot of times like even with stand-up and I keep uh, comparing things to stand-up because that's I know I found I feel like I sound like um Hassan like talking about sports because he's always like like in the NBA I'm like you've lost me um <laughs> you've lost me you know like you're talking about like like I don't know math three quarters of a goal exactly nothing yeah, we, got, we got there we got there we got but you, there <laughs> you can only talk about something when you're on the other side of it so it's like yeah. wow i was going through this fucking process and didn't even re- realize i was going through a process till it was over and i was like fuck like right yeah. now in quarantine i just had a moment like last week where i realized damn i'm successful i didn't even know what do you, you know, mean you it's always know? like a what. It's always like a what next? What next? I'll show up. Okay, we got this. Mm. All right, I want to do this. It's always like a to do list that you don't enjoy your shit. Sometimes you're just like cool, 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 cool. Yes, enjoy my content. Um, got this other thing, but now I'm just like sitting and relaxing and taking care of stuff other than a comedy career, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you did this, girl. That's great. Calm your tits. and do you feel like even though your life has really exploded and your career has really exploded that because your schedule is now more is is more jam-packed you are actually able to maybe focus on your friendships in a more authentic way because you have less time and so you're like if I'm going to spend time whether it's like a FaceTime or chatting or you're going to come over like I really want this time to be meaningful rather than like I think in our 20s like you could just waste like four hours not like and not really talk about anything 
And it's just yeah, sort of, no, you know what I mean? Sure, you know, I do feel like in the last few months, I haven't mm-hmm. been a very good friend because I've had a lot of friends tell me I haven't been a very good friend. They which, have? They have. You know, like I... Um, but you're quarantining with twins. What? what are, what's the <laughs> expectation? I don't know. I don't know. Wow. And so I really... Uh, it's not an excuse mm-hmm. either. I'm like, I am um, so full. Like I'm so mentally and physically and emotionally just jam-packed with all of it. And this is a traumatic Mm. experience we're all going through. Like, yes, this is really good that we can sit down and create content and check in with each other and put makeup on and just try to act like shit is normal. But this is not fucking normal. So a friend got mad at me because I said, I texted her, how you doing? Mm. Um, Because she just had like some fucked up job thing happen. And then she told me how she was doing. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then like went on with my day. And then like three or four days later, she was like, you know, if you're going to check in with me, like you should respond. And I'm like, oh, I did not respond because I forgot because I was doing all these things for all these people and just trying to get through the day. And she's like, well, just don't ask how I'm doing. And if you can't, Mm. and I'm like, this is, um, you know, I, I don't really know what to make of it. I guess I'm still working through it because to me it feels a little petty because, you know, I feel like we should all have some understanding of even before pandemic, how busy we are and how, you know, and that we need time to really get our shit together and relax and meditate or chill. Um, But yeah, man, it's really wild. And I am, even my mom was just like, well, I was waiting for you to FaceTime, but you didn't. I'm just like, Y'all can be calling me too. Like I, you know, um, I'm not even feeding myself. My husband is making all my meals because I just simply don't have time. Like the fact that I'm even sitting down with you right now, I hope a baby doesn't wake up because then I got to go. So yeah, yeah, I wish um, we'd be more patient with each other, more open-minded. And obviously we need to talk to each other and talk things out and feel, but, but friends with kids at home, it's like, they probably are not the friend that you want to talk to right now because I just don't feel like I have enough space. And even like texting feels wild. I don't want to make excuses for myself, but it does. If texting little girl will grab a knife from the kitchen table and I'm like, did she leave? What? And I'm like, it's like texting while driving. I'm just like, that's yeah. why I send people videos. Cause I'm like, this is just easier. So yeah, I love the videos, you know, and this is also a phase of my life that I didn't, I worked really hard to be. And I'm like, I feel very um, glad that I can be a tired mom, but the pandemic is truly fucking wild. So yeah, if someone doesn't get back to you, it doesn't mean that they don't love you any less. It just means yeah. like they're working their own shit out. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned about friendships being in my 30s is sort of like not taking there there are certain moments where you certainly could take something personal. Like if your friend is being jealous towards you or they're icing you out or they're like shading your partner, like that makes sense. Or oh like, my da- God, shading the partner. What is this? Real Housewives of Atlanta? <laughs> like that makes sense. But I think a lot of times, like you were saying, like Has someone you shaded your partner? It's more just like, you know, just like the standard issue of you're dating a white guy. How can you talk about all these issues about race and your boyfriend's white? 
And it's like, because I'm it's, a black woman. Yeah. Why does that make so you that kind black? Of, it's so crazy. Exactly. So that kind of like ignorant stuff where you're like, okay, you're just, you can go ahead and think that I'm not going to talk to you. But a lot of times it's like everyone gets busy. And I think especially during this quarantine, like even though like, for instance, like I'm being productive and working on a lot of work stuff, like it's still like mentally draining to sort of like not know what the world is going to look like we have no idea what the world is going to be like once we're out of quarantine yeah that's really scary like my dad just turned 60 like i don't know when i'm gonna see my fam- my parents again because I like know. you know my mom's 65 like it's just like all these things that you're your mom's constantly- older than your dad yeah spicy mm-hmm. i know they met they got married when he was 20 and she was 24 <laughs> Whoa. (laughs) He knew what he wanted when he was like a teenager. My mom was just like, You're like a kid. And he was like, No, I really like you. He like pursued her and it was so sweet. Oh, I love that. As he should. Yeah. Yeah. But like I feel, you know, there are things where I'm like, oh, I I I hope I get to see my parents again. You know, all these things that people are thinking about. So I think when people are taking it personal and being like, you're not being there for me or, or I'm struggling or I'm not having a good time during this quarantine. It's like, that's literally everyone except Jeff Bezos. Like everyone <laughs> is sort, you know what I mean? Like we're all trying to mentally figure out what our lives are. And so, you know, I, I'm sorry that some friends are sort of like kind of making you feel bad or making you feel like you're a bad friend. Like that's really a bummer. But do you feel like, now that your mom, you have like these new mommy friends, like what has that been like? Um, no, I don't even have the opportunity to sort of be a mom in public because yeah. now that I'm home with babies, it's not safe to go anywhere. And so yeah. you, the anxiety of you cannot get sick because who will take care of your family is so fucking real. Yeah. I don't want to be held up in a bed for weeks and months on end wondering you know, what are they eating? How are they pooping? What have they done yeah. that's different today? You know, and when I think about DACA and all those kids in cages, like I could cry about it. I mean, I cry once a day over something in the world, mostly that Trump has ignored or fucking done. And so, yeah, man, I mean, it's a real fucking crazy time. And um, I already had, I've always had, <laughs> I've had mom friends since I was 16. Like I've always known <laughs> bitches that have had kids so that is um that is um I think fun and important going back to Mm -hmm. having friends from all walks of life but also just realizing that um this is what motherhood actually is or parenthood and not having some sort of like romantic notions of just like waking up with you know blueberry cobbler every day and nothing will have a stain on it like you know I have a big ass black dog can't have nice shit with a big black dog and shit. So I'm, I'm fine being rustic. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I've definitely, um, leaned in on, um, asking my mom friends stuff simply because Mm. I had a nanny and then I didn't. So I would ask her stuff (laughs) and I didn't want to keep asking her stuff. Like, what does this mean? Like, Otis had a fever at the beginning of the pandemic and I'm, you know, that's, fucking terrifying because yeah kids can't get it but pink sun had it well what the fuck and it's like yeah is the temperature going up what do you do for it and then you're up even when they're sleeping worried for their safety and so yeah i mean it's it's not bad it's like taking it back to stand up you know like there's friends you hit up about stand up and stuff like that and um 
uh, acting friends that you hit up about like fucking acting shit. And so it's always been a mix. Yeah. 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 And before we go to audience questions, I guess my last question, (laughs) my last question to you would be sort of, you know, through all the friendships and all the experiences you had in your life and all the ways that your life has changed and just like grown and expanded. um, How do you view yourself as a friend now? Oh, God. On a scale of one to ten. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. I mean, you know, it's so hard because, you know, being a size 18, um, if you if you focus group by body, people will be like, she's fat, she's thin, she's curvy, she's thick, she's got problem mm-hmm. areas. So I think everybody would have a different um, uh, definition of, uh, you know, my friendship, but I would hope that, um, when people talk about me, that they say that I'm the friend that is always there for them because five years goes, goes by five months, five minutes. Um, if you really need me, I will be there for you. I mean, I will be there for a perfect stranger because, you know, like I keep saying at the end of the day, we're all just these beautiful souls walking through life, trying to get through the day and just want to feel love without being, um, shamed or judged. I would agree with that. I do think you're a person who shows up and I think that like you can be a good time and have fun, but we also have tons of real conversations. So I I would say that you are a great friend. Just my personal opinion. Thank you. And likewise. Ow. Likewise. Did you hear my neck crack? (laughs) Oh my God. I can't even be a sassy black woman in the pandemic. My neck is like, crick, crick, no. Did you hear it? I didn't hear, but oh. I saw the, I saw the panic in your eyes, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> what if I was just stuck?" Oh, no. <laughs> People be like, "She's um, okay. got such an attitude." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, audience questions. We got a lot of really good questions. Okay, um, and um, so we'll try to get through as many as possible. Ooh, okay, this one's juicy. Um, so let's start off with a juicy one. This is from anonymous. Um, Group of four friends, one of them is a big Trump supporter. My other friends won't confront her help. I mean, to me, if you are a big Trump supporter, you cannot be my friend. Yeah. Because you are supporting someone who is racist, who is sexist, who is homophobic, who is transphobic, who is classist, who is all these things that are toxic. And so... I think it's impossible to support Trump and still be like, oh, but I love everyone and I think everyone should have their rights. It's like this person that you're supporting does not believe that. So I think think if it really bothers you, I think it's worth having a conversation of being like, look, this really bothers me. Like, I love you as a friend, but we might just have to kind of like just put a pause for a second because- I just don't know what else you can do. Like, I just don't know how you can key key with someone who is so, whose ideals and values are so different from yours. That is also another memory of ours that we were together on election night. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we were just crying. Yeah, that was wild. Over cold pizza. But um, I remember uh, one of my Gaijin friends in LA texted me. He's like, I voted for Hillary, even though I'm a Republican. Um, mm. But, you know, I'm gay. I don't really care about getting married. 
And um, so I don't really care if Trump wins. And I was like, this is why we're in this to begin with. I mean, obviously it's the crazy racists that feel emboldened and the whole, this is my country, get out. It's like, bitch, please. But also the people that don't think about anyone that doesn't look like them. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so also fucking toxic. And so I think four years ago, it would have been different. Be like, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing, but all right. But now it's like, what does patriotism mean to you? Why it's not even a, it's not even political anymore. Like, why the fuck are you um, down with this dangerous psychopath? Yeah, yeah. Anyways. So I say confront that friend, and you might just have to take a friendship timeout. This, or you might have just be like, you we just can't be friends anymore, and be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. So once you get to that place where you're like, I'm okay with whichever way this falls. Yeah. I think you can have the conversation and it's fine. The way he talks to women, I'm, I'm wondering if this is a I woman. Know. Like, what the fuck? Anyways. Yeah. I, I think I think it was a woman. I think Anonymous is a woman and a group of squirrel <laughs> friends. Um, oh, this is funny. This is from Ida, who I love. We DM sometimes because she's also a big YouTube fan. And she goes... <laughs> She goes, Michelle, if things ever turn to normal, will you ever go to another YouTube show with Phoebe? Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, I met Bono and everybody afterwards, and they were so nice, but that's a hell no. <laughs> I mean, that's just like a hell no. I mean, like, unless, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's in my backyard. Like, no. Drive, <laughs> like, four hours? No. No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I think I think that one time counts for like three concerts. So, so I many. get it. Yeah. <laughs> so many. Have we been to any other concerts? Kendrick we, Lamar. We, we went to Kendrick when all those white people were just saying the N-word really hard. And I was like, oh, we should leave. And then um <laughs> it was too much. I was like, what was, is happening? A lot. Yeah. And me and Bob the Drag Queen were just like clutching our pearls. We're like, why <laughs> Like everybody named Seth know the words to the song. I told him it felt like being in a church where you don't know like the hymns. I'm like, I don't know about like faking it. <laughs> oh, and Lizzo. We saw Lizzo when she opened for Heim. You remember how we left Heim after like five minutes and then we went to like Midtown to this old like steakhouse and hamburgers with like a sassy older white male majors, wait, yeah. uh, waiter. Yeah, I love the burgers were that? like $90. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> did you just shuffle back to the kitchen? Okay. It did yeah, feel like such it? a crazy Octavia Spencer moment where this old white person was serving us. And I'm just like, yeah, extra ketchup. I'm glad she wasn't like, y'all want ranch? I hate that shit so much. It's like, <laughs> stop. Then we took that um, that lift home with that guy that kept playing like hard rock really loud. And he had a screenplay and he wanted us to look at it. I, I blocked that out. I don't remember that. <laughs> when you lived in Bay Ridge, I blocked most of those rides home out. Because I was like... I'm like, where's the Canadian border? I, I I just can't. And you're like, can you just stop at the Chinese dentist? <laughs> I'm so happy for you, though. I'm really so happy you've definitely made it because you are so much better than living above the dentist. Yeah, the dentist with a, a mouse problem. It was not. It's not my finest few Do you years. think mouse okay. problem? Yes. Oh, we can move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have ratatouille up in my little bedroom. No, I didn't order that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is really this is a really good question. Um, I don't this hacked. I don't know if I'm mispronouncing that. Probably you are. It's okay. Um, yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, is it? <laughs> Is it normal not to have as many friends as an adult? She's 29 female. Yes. Yeah. I would say, <laughs> I mean, face. I love that you were just like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I love that you're like, yeah, I don't fuck with no one. <laughs> what? You're like, no. Um, I, you know, I feel like by 29, you have a childhood friend. Like the one in eighth grade, the one in high school, the one in college, and maybe like a coworker that you bonded with. Like you should have at least yeah. like four people in your history and then mm-hmm. like two people that you do stuff with. One that loves dinners and one one that loves the outside stuff. <laughs> do I have to take that back? You found love in a hopeless place. Um, so, yeah, I think it's fine to just, you want to have quality friends. It's not about the quantity. You want people who are going to nourish you. You're going to nourish them, lift you, all that good stuff. But does that and that's not everybody. I guess it depends who you are. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think as she gets into her 30s, she'll really get that core crew that's going to be, like, the go-to friends. And yeah. And she can have, like, periphery people that are, like, for a good time or, like you said, for a job. Like, that's totally fine, too. Yeah. That didn't yeah. happen to me to like, late 30s, early 40s. But I, you didn't have core crew before then? I think I did. But, um... Yeah. You know, shit happens. Okay, let's keep going. This is from uh, Jihan from Florida. How do you get rid of jealousy over your friend's successes? Ooh. I mean, I think... First of all, I would say this is not about your friend. This is about how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I've been on the receiving end of this, and I used to take it personally, and I used to be like, oh, it's because of what I'm doing. Oh, it's I'm so I used to just sort of like shrink myself, hide myself. I would I would only talk about all the bad things like, oh, I could talk about how I'm broke. I have no money right now. And that friend is going to love me. And so I feel like if you see your friend's success and you get jealous, or you get really mad over it. You have to sort of one you have to sort of do this, the analysis on yourself and be like, is this just because you feel like you're not where you want to be in your career? Is this mm-hmm. because you feel like. You know, you're worried that if they get a certain level of success, you guys aren't going to be as close. Sort of like identify like what's under that feeling of jealousy. Yeah. And and then go from there, I think. Yeah, I think as black women, it is, um, or any woman, especially in the entertainment industry, it's very easy to, to for people to pit us against each other because there mm-hmm. isn't a lot of room for us, particularly black women, any diverse bitch. And really that thinking is um, because of the patriarchy, because of old school Hollywood, because they only allow one. So mm-hmm. much like you, much like Issa, like if you create your own content for a for us bias situation, then it's a all encompassing situation where it's just like, look at this beautiful world that I've created as opposed to trying to fit into that world mm-hmm. where, you know, it's competitive for no reason. I saw this meme on Instagram and I hate quoting memes, but here the fuck we is. 
<laughs> it said, being happy for someone else's success will not fuck up yours. So I like to be happy because that shit will age a motherfucker. I mean, like, look, do I love to be petty? Yes. Be like, that basic <laughs> bitch do. But I'm so happy for those basic bitches. Paving the way. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yes, what you said, just be happy for other people. And then sort of just think about <laughs> what you want to what you want to do in your life and, yes. and not feel like someone else's success is a, an attack on you because it's not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. jealousy is such a thing and it's such a, um, it's not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. The minute you realize that, you'll probably start booking. That part. Um, okay. Oh, ooh. Ooh, oh, this is rough. Okay. Oh. This is, <laughs> this is from Tara in Connecticut. Ooh, if your BFF got married and didn't tell you for one and a half years, what should you do? Take a hint. You're not best friends. You're not best friends. What was the question? If your BFF got married and didn't tell you for one and a half years, what would you do? Oh, I don't know. I don't know that they're not best friends. Um, you That's know, a major life event. Why would you want to tell your best friend that you got married? For a lot of reasons. Um, I don't know oh. what the backstory is. What if she was married before, too soon, got a divorce, and then like got married right away and like afraid of what people are going to say? What if this isn't yeah. the person that she should be with, but she deep down inside knows and just wants to like mm-hmm. see if it's going to be okay? Like, there's so many reasons. Like, I remember not to quote Real Housewives of Atlanta, but here we are. When Kenya Moore was very good friends with Cynthia Bailey. Kenya got married and didn't, and she loves a party, but didn't invite anyone. Didn't really tell anyone because she wanted to protect her relationship with Mark Daly. They're divorced now. But the point is. He's trash. She's a terrible person, right? She is a terrible person. I mean, look, maybe she's really nice one-on-one, but on, she's great for reality TV because she doing too much. But um, with that said, you know, the example is that they are good friends, but she didn't invite anyone because she wanted to protect what she had with this guy at all costs. So Mm. I'm going to go ahead and say there's something else going on. Why not make it about her instead about you? Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I was too sort of abrupt to be like, you're not BFFs. And maybe it's worth like having a conversation to figure out what was going on, because I just feel like. You know, you want to have your your friends there for like these major parts of your life, and if you're not if you're not having them there, I would say investigate why. You know what I mean? And yeah. not like I don't think this BFF thinks like you're a piece of shit, Tara. But maybe it's like that marriage or something they feel like they can't share, and so that's like, well, why do you feel like you can't share this? Why do you feel like I can't witness like this love and this beauty right. and support? What you? was that movie that Alana was in with? Um... Oh, uh, Rough Night. Yeah, I remember the Julie... Jillian Bell. Jillian Bell character. Yeah. Who was, like, really gung-ho to be there. And Scarlett Johansson was like, uh, yeah, we kind of had, like, a pre-bachelorette party without you just because, you know, she was a friend that, like, loved to do everything, Jillian Bell, and then also, like, take over the event. Because yes, it was like, yes, yes. it's our time together. And yeah. maybe it's a situation like that where she doesn't know how to tell her, like, I just want something simple without you being like my fat Greek wedding about this shit. 
I mean, <laughs> there are so many avenues, really and truly. I, one of my best friends didn't tell me she got married. She sent me a picture, <sighs> like, months later. How and, did you feel? Okay. I felt okay about it. <laughs> yeah, I did, because I was like, that's what she wanted. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what she needed. She needed something quiet. She doesn't like the attention on her. Yeah. I would have been very loud about it. So she did the she did the right thing. I was like, let's come up with hashtags. <laughs> I think that's a you that's why I say you're a good friend because I think you're able to it maybe just comes with time and maturity. You're able to just sort of like separate what's about you and what's not about you. And I think that's that's a wonderful quality about well, you. Well, thank you so okay. much. This is from Alma from Munich, Germany. Black Frasers International. Okay. <clears throat> what do you do to reconnect with friends after losing them to motherhood commitments? And specifically for Michelle and Phoebe. Michelle always wanted to be a mom and fought to have her babies while you decided to not have children. Did you need to explain this to each other to feel heard and seen in your in your friendship? Who the fuck I mean, is this? Alma. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know German people were so emotional. What I would say is like one of my life sort of values or rules has always been that no one else's life has to look the way that mine does. Like everyone has this vision, has different goals. And so for me, not wanting to have children, I have no expectation that anyone else in my life will also feel the same way. So when you were like, I want to have kids, I want to have this family, I was nothing but supportive and so excited for you. And I always knew that you were going to be an amazing mom. Like I was like, of all the people I know, you're probably top two of who should be having kids. I know a lot of people who should not be having kids. Mm-hmm. And their <laughs> names are, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I was just always like, I was so excited for you. And I was like, I know that our relationship is going to change once you have kids. And that's okay. Like, do I miss like when we used to like FaceTime three times a week or I would just like come over and we have like a fun little dinner? Like, of course I miss those times because those times were like so fun. But like seeing the way that your life has been enriched by you being a mother, it's like it's so worth that. It's so worth that sacrifice on my end. I don't know how you feel. I mean, I do feel like I, I definitely miss it too. And I feel like, um, I like, we're going to get back to that when I get over this hump of Mm -hmm. virus, Mm -hmm. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) And, um, you know, them becoming more independent and Mm -hmm. me becoming, um, less exhausted. And, um, that's something that my mom friends have told me too. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's really like stages, much like a relationship, you know, like you want to spend all your time with the new person mm-hmm. and, um, you know, then share them or you're so excited about the new person. You want to bring them everywhere. And then you're just like, okay, we did that. Now let's hunker down together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah, ebbs and flows, man. It's like real crazy, but I have never judged someone for something that they've wanted or not wanted. That's, I mean, that's just, um, that's what religion's for. I'm not here for that. (laughs) You want to have a kid? Great. You don't want to have a kid? Great. You know, I hate when people shame, especially Mm -hmm. women for not wanting to be mothers because they don't fucking understand. But guess what? Women hold shit down and take care of a lot of people and mother people 
and 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 companies in in other ways and shit. So comment the fuck down. You know, it's like every woman doesn't have to wear a bikini. Every man doesn't have to be the breadwinner. We all make our own truths right now because there isn't a generational definition of what the fuck we are all supposed to do. So yeah, back to what you were saying, everybody looks different. And isn't that a beautiful fucking thing? Yeah. And I would say in terms of reconnecting with your friends, I think it's just about letting them know that you're there for them yeah. Like anytime, if you want to send them like a silly meme, like I know Michelle and I, we just send each other like really short videos whenever we feel like it. And that's okay. And like, I think it's just like, as long as you let the other person know that you're thinking about them yeah, and that's great. Like, I can't be like, I'm going to babysit for your kids. Like you wouldn't want Please me to don't. babysit. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want me yeah. to do that. Like I wouldn't, but thank you. Yeah. So it's like, I know my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. And they're also like really sweet. Like we'll send food. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. Because now I don't have to think about, you know, what to, it's just like one less thing off my yeah. plate, but also on my plate at the same time. <laughs> okay. We just have, um, uh, two more, two more questions. Okay. This is from Perfect. Rebecca in Washington, DC. What's the best way a friend has broached the, we need to talk convo with you? Ooh. Oh, God. Because I know so many different people, everyone has a different style. Mm-hmm. There's been emails. There's been phone calls. There's been, can I take you to dinner? There's been, can I pick your brain? And then, like, mm-hmm. the scenario is somebody else. Like, they're asking for a friend, but then, like, boom, it's us. Yeah. Um, yeah, people like to come out a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what I've done is... I'm always like, I would love to talk it out. And then some people don't want to. And that used to really like irritate me. And then I was just like, all right, if they don't want to talk it out, then they don't want to talk it out. Then our friendship or whatever our relationship is, will just stay at an impasse. And just sort of like having this level of acceptance that like some people don't want to go deep in a friendship. Like they don't, like they want to like have the fun. They want to do like the Insta stories with you, the pictures and stuff, but they don't want to have a conversation about anything real. And you just have to be okay with that. And then when someone wants to have the, we need to talk conversation with you, I'm always, and this is like sort of like a newish thing for me. I'm always trying to accept the fact that like this person, like whatever they're saying to me, even if I don't agree with them, they're only saying this because they feel some sort of hurt. And so they just want to express. Yeah. 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 I know. I, I need to, my go-to is always defensive. Cause I'm just like, I'm a great friend. What the fuck is this? (laughs) You know, I'm busy. So what the fuck you can't figure this shit out. Like, so I need to be better about that. But obviously I want people to feel seen and heard. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like also, see me and understand me too, you know, um, none of it's fun. Confrontation is not fun, but you don't grow. You don't become successful in a relationship or in your life, business life without some confrontation and sort of saying, this is okay. This is not okay. I could do less of this. I could do more of that. Um, no, it's, it's not fun at all. Yeah. It's not fun at all, but it's, it's a necessary evil. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because oh, friendships I'm... are so hard. It's like, you know, it's like sort of dating in your 20s. Sometimes mm-hmm. you like someone more than they like you or vice versa, or it's not even that deep. But 
they still feel very deep about it. It's like, it's so different. It's not like um, a love affair. It's not like family. It's like Mm -hmm. this whole other nuanced relationship that you have to navigate girl by. Yeah. And it's a lot of expectations. And I know I definitely can get defensive, but I think like people have to realize that what you expect out of a friendship might be different than what your friend expects out of a friendship. And so that sort of, that can lead to a lot of miscommunication as well. You know, sorry, I'm just texting my husband to get cash for the cleaning lady. (laughs) (laughs) Multitasking. I'm a modern girl in the 2020s. I can tell you 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know. Didn't know. Okay, this is the last question because I know like this has gone on for a bit. Okay, so how do you nurture the all-powerful platonic female BFF ship while also sharing life with a spouse slash partner? Audrey from Austin, Texas wants to know this. Audrey? Yeah. Um, she's probably got the meat sweats as she's writing that. <laughs> um, you know, it's sort of like having a man cave or a she shed. Um, you need time. I told Christ the other day, I'm like, I can't wait to just see my girls and have a bottle of rosé and not see anybody else except for them mm-hmm. in a room with no responsibility. So you need time because we're um, a different person with our friends than we are with our spouse. And yeah. it's important to recognize that and also feed that person. It's really like feeding your soul, right? Um, it's one of the branches and let's say we're a fucking tree. God, get a fucking <laughs> magnet. The bitch is on fire. <laughs> By the way, couldn't find a bra, no clean panties, wearing a bathing suit under this dress. We don't have to Ooh, worry about it. Ooh, I love yeah. that. She- Thank you so much. <laughs> sure. I was like, don't smell the crotch. We don't need to know. <laughs> to get to your point, yeah, you got to. It's important. It's important to also miss your partner and do something else. That's mm-hmm. why we're all losing our goddamn minds in the pandemic because we're just looking at each other mm-hmm. how you doing since 20 minutes ago great <laughs> i know i'm like bake off has to be so sick of me just like watching trash real reality tv and talking to my tv i like talk at my tv while i watch garbage tv well, who else are you gonna talk to <laughs> You know? Yeah, I know. It's been a minute. Well, I just <laughs> I just want to say, first of all, this has been such a fun episode. I think there's been a lot of real talk, but it's also been a lot of LOLs. Yes. Second of all, I'm so excited for you and your family. I love watching all your videos of the kiddos. They are, like, getting so tall. They're getting really tall. It's Welcome wild. to Utopia September 29th. Just kidding. They're getting so <laughs> tall and strong. And it's just like crazy. And the book, girl, the book is too Survival much. of the Thickest out December 8th. December 8th. What a memory. Babe, wasn't that the best episode? Oh, she's just... She's one of those people, and you're the same, that just make me laugh so hard all the time. Like... Just her goofing around just always has me just cracking up. She's great. I'm And I'm so happy that her career, even though 2020 is a pile of dog poop, 
it's it's just so wonderful to see like all these amazing things happening in her career yeah. this year. She's worked so hard. She's earned it. She deserves it. And she's an amazing person too. So it's good to see one of the good ones win. Absolutely. You know? Um. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed the episode. I'm assuming you did. Because if, mm. la- if you listen to that and you walk away being like unhappy. You're a fool. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, and also if you've gotten this far and you're listening to this, then I'm, we're assuming that you enjoyed it exactly so thanks y'all um and um yeah go ahead and watch your special on netflix welcome to bootopia it is out now support these black queens um and i guess now it's time for us to shout out our black owned business of the week who is it just want to say real quick we don't take no money from nobody we are Shouting out these businesses from the bottom of our queefs. Oh. This week. (laughs) This week. Was that good? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) This. (laughs) This week. (laughs) Do Do you want us to wait? We'll wait. Okay, this week's <laughs> black-owned business is called The Rap Life. Not rap as in the music. Not rap as in the presence. Rap as in the head wraps that you see all these beautiful women wearing. Thank you for clarifying. Anyway, black-owned business. They are New York-based. I love their head wraps. I think I bought probably 20 of them during quarantine, but I wear them all the time. Um, so you can go to their Instagram, mm. The Rap Life, T as in. Oh, God. Is there a problem, sir? You know, I always put the link in the description below, right? T as in tedious, <laughs> H as in hierarchy. <laughs> This is going to be a long one, guys. Strap in. Uh, e as an epidural. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. W as in wisdom. R as in rotunda. A as in Ariel. Both the mermaid and also just the sky. Keep going. P P as in persistent. L as in longevity. I as in intuition. (laughs) F as in foundation. E as in... What what words begin with E? A (laughs) grab. These are getting harder by the episode. <laughs> I can I can see. I was gonna say Episcopal Episcopalian, but I thought that would just be too much. So E for And you're not too much. No, I'm just the right amount, <laughs> <Okay>. honey. <laughs> like I said, if you couldn't follow that, which I don't blame you for, <laughs> the link is in the description below. The Rap Life, you guys, super affordable, black-owned business. Uh, I think the majority of the models on the website are also people, women of color, so it's really cool. 
Um, so if you're in the need for a head wrap, I also think these make for great presents. Mm-hmm. I will say. I might get some for my mom because Octavia loves a good head wrap. Um, I guess it's time for credits. I'm having so much fun hanging out. Mm. Credit time! Hosted by me, Phoebe Robinson. Co-produced by me, Phoebe Robinson, and British Bake Off. Edited by British Bake Off. Theme song, Gavin Turek. And guess what? That is it, you guys. We are a small crew. We are. We are, like, just... I was going to try and find an example of, like, a small group, but I couldn't think of one. We ain't no Ocean's 12. Yes! There we go. 